Welcome to BitStorm, my comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Trevor Scott, and with me as always is Ben Snigger. Hello, podcast, Hello, podcast people. How are you be? Oh yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> nothing, to, nothing to report. <laughs> no, I'm just pouring my first, my first uh, scotch and, and, and Coke Zero. Oh, so you're not going to actually my podcast open the Coke drink Zero. of choice. Not going to open the Coke Zero while I'm talking this time. <laughs> Sorry, what was that? You're not going to open the Coke Zero while I was talking because you're a... <laughs> given that given that you actually like couldn't hear me before and something happened, I thought that might have happened again, but you got me. <laughs> I gotcha. All right, let's get on with this podcasting thing that we do. Um, should we just play click? What do we do? What do we do? Well, we play click pitch. Um, the, the, the podcast is called Bitstorm, but the game we play is called click pitch most of the time. And in click pitch, we each have a random word generator in front of us. And on the count of three, two, one click, we will each get a random word, hence the name of the random word generator. And we'll say those words out loud and put them together into some sort of game design, which is hopefully amusing for your brain sickles. Just realised that we're coming up on two years since we first did one of these. That's true. May something or, or another, I think. Yeah. Since our, we started podcasting. second episode, we decided to, to do this in, in two sweary dads. It's come a, not very far We've, we've <laughs> like, come a long way, baby. Or a, a baby way. Long. I, I reckon we're going to have to do a best of at some stage. Uh, yeah, you can edit that together if you like. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you'd do it. <laughs> Three to one click. <laughs> Earthing. Earthing? Yes. Yard. So, okay. is earthing like the opposite of unearthing? Like to place earth on something? Um, not sure. Oh, God. No, what? it's not. It's that thing where you, where people claim that you can um, get energy from the earth by going out in bare feet. And, like, the earth will heal you and stuff. Okay. Earthing therapy. It's, um, uh... Well, you know what? I like your mm-hmm. way of thinking a little bit better. <laughs> okay. Um, so, it's the opposite of unearthing, in which you go round and, like, dig in people's yards and, like, bury, like, artifacts and stuff to make people think that they've actually got something <laughs> valuable in the yard. <laughs> Okay, that that's interesting. Well, I wonder what the because I'm trying to think why someone would do that. Because look, making it seem like you've got something valuable on your land yourself obviously makes sense because you want to then sell that land to someone for a lot of money. Yeah, making other people's land seem valuable. <laughs> Maybe it's the opposite. Maybe it's not that you're putting artifacts that are valuable. Maybe you're putting like human skeletons and things in their yards to drive down their property price (laughs) because you're an evil property investor and you want to build a shopping centre on this block. Uh, And so it's basically a stealth game. (laughs) A stealth stealth digging game where you want to plant drug- Where are you getting all these skeletons from? (laughs) Drug paraphernalia, skeletons, 
Um, I don't know what other things would drive the price down. Um, graffiti gangs. So, so well, can it, you bury like a gang in someone's? Yard? I was about to say it's a bit hard to bury graffiti in gangs. You could so they just they're just gardening one day. And suddenly a gang of teenagers, hooligans, teenage hooligans comes zombieing out of the ground. <laughs> Fidget spinners! <laughs> That's all I know about teenagers. <laughs> Take me to your time pods. In gangs, for some reason, they have fidget spinners. <laughs> That's They're just a false. fidget spinning gang. Like, that's what they do. They and, and have are spin-offs. they really sharp fidget spinners? Like, no, no, it's all about so prestige. It's, it's like you know how in our um, in our time gangs all had dance offs. We had to step up. Mm-hmm. Now you have to. They have spin offs. Okay. Yeah, and they just—it's all their best fidget spinner tricks. So you didn't answer my question as to where all these skeletons are coming from, though. Graves. That's just another <laughs> level. You just part of the stealth is. Doing the unearthing and then doing the earthing. <laughs> Same way you um, capture the gangs of teenagers. <laughs> you unearth the gangs and then you earth the gangs. <laughs> yeah, everyone knows that teenage gangs grow in the most fertile soil within um, <laughs> at a deserted parking lot. And, and if, you're luck- if you're lucky, it, it sprouts a gang shrubbery. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The sh- the, um, a gang bush of a... Um, a a hoedown. No, I don't know. So, where's the game in this? Like, well, I guess it's the stealth. The stealth is the game. Yeah. Okay. So, sort of third person stealth. No, it's VR. Oh, VR. This doesn't sound like a like a VR thing. Yeah, but how cool would it be to like be digging up the earth and having to having to like quickly teleport and hide when you know the the motion sensor light comes on or whatever. Uh, maybe. I feel like the problem with stealth in VR is is situational awareness, right? Yep. It is being is is being aware of the things around you, um, and being able to react to them. So, I mean, look, you can give it a try since just every game on this podcast apparently has to be VR. But <laughs> <laughs> well, fuck you. Too. I was <laughs> um, fine then. It's, it's I was, third person, I- boring. <laughs> Every other game, bloody game. Every other game on our no, podcast, on our podcast, is VR though. <laughs> I will because I was picturing like the the great um, dragging mechanics of like Hitman or something, but you're dragging skeletons and you have to make mm-hmm. sure not to catch them on something so a leg falls off to incriminate you. <laughs> and like, you do realize that infiltrating most one of the gangs. <laughs> You do realise that most no, no, they don't have they, all, all the like tendons and stuff that that keep the bones together. So no, no, they definitely sort of, like- just wire them all. Well, maybe there's a wiring mini game where you have to wire all the b- <laughs> oh, <God>. bones together. <laughs> and there's another <laughs> mini game in which you can put little eyelets and turn turn the skeleton into like a big puppet. Totally marionette that's, mini that's, game. That's the VR. That's bit. just getting really bad. <laughs> oh, because this is such a great game when we started. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, at, at least, you know, driving down the prices has, you know, an end game in mind. Yeah, so what happens when when you manage to sort of kick all the people out of there? Or, like, buy them all up for cheap? 
Is it okay? I I think I think what happens is you go through the game as per normal. You you're trying to basically get rid of all these people, and you get to this one little old lady's yard, and you start digging it up, and you find something that is like really really horrific. <laughs> and, okay, and it it turns the whole thing around in, into now, you know, you kind of scared for your life because you know this this secret about this. Oh, so it turns into like a horror, like a horror stealth game. Yeah. Okay. So then, in okay, that- okay, that's interesting because that adds an element. Uh, you know, maybe it's your f- you know fourth house or something that you the fourth mission you have to go on is this little old lady's house and you unleash yep. something into the world into this neighborhood that from that point on um, all your other missions, there's sort of this extra, there's this extra element of having to avoid the, the evil dead. (laughs) Well, the thing that you unleash onto everyone is, is literally this little old lady. I'm thinking, I'm thinking that she, she's got this horrible secret that she's buried in her backyard. The she has, wait, Oh, I said that her horrible secret is that she's buried in her backyard. It's like she buried herself in her backyard somehow. And the little old lady in the well, house is a doppelganger who... That, no, that, actually, I, I, that I could really, be good. I, that could be good, actually. Like, it's a body snatcher or something. And they killed the real little old lady, put them in the backyard. And now when, you, mm-hmm. now when you're, like, in the next level, when you're out digging up, Graves and and taking a skeleton to someone else's backyard, you just see that little old lady over the over the fence staring at you, and then you realise that you've actually been seeing that little old lady pass by each each. Yeah, like it, you know, when the you graveyard pl- when you've been there, and- when you play the game for the second time, you notice that little old lady around in previous scenes before it was obvious that she was had something special to do, yep. do with. Yeah, um, I'm I'm thinking. Maybe something similar to if you remember too many cooks, how <laughs> yeah, like there was there was the the weird creepy guy who was in all those early scenes and until you realised that he was actually there, you just totally ignored that he was there. Yeah, totally. Like, I I kind of want to see that sort of scene in which you you're talking, um, you know, sort of got dialogue and kind of almost it follows like the little old lady sort of walking by in the background, walking straight towards you. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there's definitely something creepy about that kind of out of focus, yeah, like random sort of supposedly random bystander doing something slightly off that you mm-hmm. wouldn't necessarily notice unless, yeah, unless you had that knowledge previously. Um, I'm just wondering what the sort of graphical style would be, would be great for this. Hmm. Cause you know what we have never done? What's that? An FMV game. <laughs> Oh God! Um, <laughs> how would that work in a game like this? Or, or, do you, well, or do you just mean FMV cutscenes in between FMV cutscenes? Okay, okay. In between, I mean, you you know how how good the technology can actually be nowadays, like with the um, with like the realistic looking characters and that sort of stuff. As long as it's not really close up, and and the quality of the actual um, video technology today is so much better than what it was back in the nineties. So yeah, won't I look get, as, as I, grainy and bad anymore. No, 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 it won't look as bad. The issue is integrating it with the game and and with the interactivity of the game. Right. Yep. That's the really the main um, issue with FMV games. Now I know the the full on trick to to make sure that something doesn't look. Um, 
like you know that soap opera sort of effect where it looks too real yeah. and it just doesn't look good. Yep. The reason for that is actually is is too fast a frame rate. Yeah. So what you want to do is limit the videos to twenty four frames a second, so it becomes more filmic. Okay. Um, and then you know it sort of adds a little bit of um. Sort of quantum break, <laughs> if you remember that, how there was like um, episodes of stuff in between. Yes, I didn't. I never played it actually, but yes. So it's more around the the storytelling of it rather than trying to inject somehow full motion video animations into the game or something. Yeah, I mean, basically, it's um, there's this big lore of what's happening happening behind the scenes, and once once you um you uncover this little old lady's secret, then, mm-hmm. you know, you're in sort of an inves- investigative mode as well as trying to still okay. pick up all the... um, pick up Right, all the so it's sort of adding different... Yeah, okay, so it's sort of adding stuff to the story side of it, and then the main gameplay stuff is the stealth stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. I like that. You like that? Yeah. Let's click again. Good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have more? Nah, no. not really. <laughs> Thought you might have, though. No. Read it one click. Advert. Cur. Oh, I thought you were going to say curse. That would be cool. Cur, like, you rotten cur. Yes, here you are. Oh, it's actually a, like, mixed breed dog, like a, like a mutt. Okay. And what was yours? Advert. Yeah, so maybe um, you play a dog, like, trying to break into the the lucrative world of, like, dog food commercials. Um, but due to your mixed breed, you know, you face all sorts of bigotry, you know, it's, it's a heart wrenching tale of, of someone getting rejected over and over again from doing what they love, which is selling dog food, um, to, to humans to then feed their dogs. <laughs> selling dog food to humans. Well, that's who buys dog food. And, I mean, and now, I don't and mean now they, they now this it. brings it into. Into this person can't afford to buy any any food, so they've just been buying dog food because it's, it's the cheapest food that they can. They can you afford. know what I mean? Dogs don't go into stores. I mean, maybe in this world they do. Maybe we do our thing we've done before, where we flip it on its head, and it's dogs that it's, it's an anthropomorphic, anthropomorphic dogs, dogs in a dog world, <laughs> and they have pet humans. Oh, we did that with pigs a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um... And they look for truffles. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That, that's where my mind went, was a dog going to auditions. Um, almost like a point. It'd probably almost be like a, a point-click adventure, because I, I don't think it's hard to do gameplay around performances as, as such. Yeah. Um, although you could have sort of little quick-time events where you make choices of the particular bark to do for this line, or like... How, you know, when you need to wag your tail, you have to move the thumbstick left and right. And then later on, <laughs> um, when it's played back, your your choices uh, show up with all the graphics on top and sound effects. So, I do like the idea of it being a adventure game, point and click mm-hmm. sort of thing. I'm just trying to think of what what the story can be behind... Behind this dog. Behind it. Because, because obviously, yes, the advert is, is fine to be a... Um, to be a catalyst as to why, you know, he's he's going through and, and trying to do this. But mm-hmm. there's got to be, like, some other reason as to why he wants to do this acting. Is it maybe... Look, I think um, he just wants to be seen, right? He's lived his life thus far 
as as this breedless, you know, no no outstanding attributes cur of a of a hound. Mm-hmm. And so this is his way to be seen and to be noticed and to be recognised and to be recognised and loved. Yeah, by everyone but his owner, because the owner oh, yeah. already loves him. No, his owner hates him. That's actually part of the part of why he's trying to get away. He's run away from his owner. And there's a okay. and there's a scene where his owner sees him on TV, and his owner's just like a total f- fuck muffin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> trying to come up with a with a good anyway. Um, and so and so he like comes after him to try to leash him again, bring him back to where he thinks he belongs. It's mm-hmm. like no. I belong here on the stage. But it's not the stage. It's a commercial. Um, so who who plays him in the talkie version? I'm gathering to him because you did an old English guy. But uh, I mean, we, we could try to get the dog from one of the air buds. Or... No, I'm talking about talkie <laughs> version. So who, who's going to do the voice? Oh, no, no. That was, just my, that was just my translation. It's actually going to be an, an old Englishy... Um, accent, but barking. Oh, 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 but it's but it's all but it's all voiced by Sir Patrick Stewart. Yes, he <laughs> will be up for it. That guy. But there's, there's no there's no lines. He's down for it. It's just barking. But <laughs> but he just puts so much into it. You just know, like we don't even subtitle. You don't need to. With Sir Patrick Stewart. Being coached by Sir Ian McKellen, <laughs> his best friend. <laughs> he plays his agent. Um, um, so, who, so who plays the who plays the owner? Ricky Gervais, maybe. Oh yeah, he's kind of an asshole these days. Sure. Um, <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> um, yeah, let's go with that. I can't think of any anyone else. I guess it's set in Britain. I guess just because I did that, that like act, yeah. actor voice. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, maybe mm-hmm. this is one of those games where we just like we get all of the big British actors. We'll get um, Maggie Smith in. Oh, awesome! It's just all going to be like because she's a dame, right? Yeah. It's just going to be all these people who have been. Given titles, no, these, ex- yeah, <laughs> except for Ricky Gervais. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we'll throw him out and we'll find someone else. Um, um, I mean, Sir David Tennant has got to be a thing now, doesn't it? Oh, probably. He's a doctor, <laughs> Doctor <laughs> David Tennant. <laughs> um. Uh, I, I kind of like the idea of there. There can be like some flashback scenes in which you you find out that the just to be really British, you know, mm-hmm. um, the dog used to be an actor on on like he turned up on Doctor Who on stage. He turned up on um on you know in the background of The Office or something like that, and just have all these great British TV shows that you, you right see and just see the dog part of in the background. Yeah, yeah, we just sort of composite. The 3D version of the dog in there. Um, sure, sure. His his granddad was on um, Faulty Towers. Like, who knew? Nice. Yeah. Well, he obviously did because he wants to follow in his footsteps. His poor his poor steps. Yeah, 
his pawprints. Um, okay, so I, I like that. I like that. What sort of breed? Was his granddad at least a pure breed? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, Bloodhound. Is a pure breed Bloodhound. All right. And I don't know uh, if they're, they're pure breeds or not, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a breed, isn't it? Um, yeah, I think so. Uh, cool. So, uh, what's this dog's name? Um, what sort of name would Ricky DeVries give a fucking dog? Spot. <laughs> what's the guy's name? Fuck. Never mind. Never heard of a guy. Carl, there you go. Before, but They'd name him Carl Pilkington. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, I think we've wrangled everything we're going <laughs> to wrangle out of that one. I think that idea has wagged its last wag. Three to one click. Triangle. Sop. Shit, where's the Sop? S-O-P? Like to sop up a liquid? Uh, a thing of no great value given or done as a, a concession to appease someone whose main concerns or demands are not being met. Or it's a verb, soak up liquid using it. <laughs> yeah, that's the one I was more thinking of. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and what was yours, sorry? Um, it was Triangle. So, maybe maybe this is a game where you play a sponge. That could actually be okay. qu- quite interesting mechanics or in a, a puzzling sense, like a platforming sense, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, because Anthropomorphic you, sponge, yep. Yeah, of some sort. Uh, triangular in shape. And you... So, you know, you, you will weigh more if you have more liquid uh, in you. <laughs> If you have sopped up more liquid. But, yeah, maybe you can do things where you, like, mix different liquids or you have to wring yourself. Like, maybe you can't wring yourself out, so you have to find ways to squeeze yourself a bit to get that liquid out. Yep. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's that got some neat stuff. What sort of different liquids yep. could we utilise? Um, milk? Gravy? Oh, yeah, you could do some chunky stuff, for sure. Because that will actually alter your kind of d- the dynamics of how you move. Then is if you've got chunks, chunks of chunky soup attached yep. to you, and you have to occasionally like wash yourself, get yourself clean again from all the different mixed crap that you've sopped up. Hmm. 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 Okay. I like this. I like this a lot. Yeah. Um. So let's flesh it out a bit. Where, where do you start? Why are you a triangle? Because normally a lot of these sponges are, are like, square in shape. Maybe someone cut you into a triangle and you're trying to find your other half. Your other half? Yeah. Are you a... I guess we should determine what sort of sponge you are. Are you, like, one of those sponges with a scourer on your other side? Because that could add I some stuff, so. too. I think so. Because then you could, like, um, rough... You know, you need to rough things up or clean them in some way to get past them. Mm-hmm. Okay, I like it being a a sort of adventure game, not in not in the not in the sense of a point and click, no, but no, a, no. you know, a, a action adventure, mm-hmm. um, Tomb Raider esque. You know what I mean? Uh, so it's three D sort of worlds and all this sort of stuff, but it starts off set in a industrial kitchen. Okay, and 
you can talk to like some of the other uh, things around, you know, like utensils and things, maybe cleaning products, uh, the utensils, cleaning products, uh, the dishwasher itself, like is one of those mm-hmm. big sort of stainless steel with the, with the big handle that you, yeah, can, look, you could create you a rich down. world of, of the, of what sort of social things go on amongst the kitchen utensils within an industrial kitchen. Yeah. So I, I think in this case, what you can actually have is that, um, among the utensils, cleaning products are seen as like godly because they they, okay. clean, them, they clean them to be interesting. Be, I would, you know, yeah, yeah. They they like keep them shiny and fresh. I was yeah, interestingly kind of like doctors. Okay, you, you know, okay. Um, I, I'm thinking that if you if you see a rusty spoon or something like that, you know they. They obviously have been too afraid to go to the doctor, sort of thing. Um, <laughs> I do like that. Um, my mind started going in the opposite direction, but maybe we can combine the two in that, yes, in general, cleaning products are, are respected in this world, but perhaps the lowly sponge is kind of at the bottom of that pecking order. Um, yeah. With the, you know, with the big industrial dishwasher kind of being. God, you know, or the king or king or whatever. Um, and so, and so everyone is scoffing at this poor little injured, like bisected sponge. Well, what, what I think actually happens going is you off start off to find, like, you start off as, as a full sponge. But what actually happens is you, you, um, rub a knife up the wrong way and he chops you in half. Oh, and, okay. And so sponges and, are kind of like worms that when they get chopped in half, they both have personalities, but they yep. like lose parts of themselves or they at least feel something is missing. So it's kind of like this sponge is like trying to find her sister or something, basically. Like they become siblings at that point. <laughs> yes. Okay. That's cool. Um. So... I'm trying to think of the sort of personality things because I, I like the idea that maybe because because you've sort of been cut cut in half, you only get certain parts of the personality, mm-hmm. and the other the other side keeps the other the other parts. Okay, so perhaps you got the brave parts, obviously, uh, which is why you're the one going on this adventure. So, like, maybe this happens, and you immediately realize, oh crap! Like, we're damaged now. We're going to get thrown out. You run and hide, but. Your your sister, your new newly born sister, uh, doesn't quite have the the wits about her to do that because she doesn't have those parts of the personality, and so she gets grabbed and th- and I don't know thrown into the garbage or or something. But what what sort of um, personality traits does um, does your sister actually get? Well, she's a bit more. Um, I think maybe she's the kind of more intellectual one then. So your character is the sort of brash, quick thinking, which is, which is why I was I was thinking that maybe she's the one that runs and hides because she's not as brave, and you're. Oh, okay. And so you're, so you're the, the one that gets thrown out. I guess that so makes your whole thing is is getting back tra- now. Now you're trying to. Travel back. Okay, now, yeah. That, that, how, that how far you're tra- how far you're traveling is literally like maybe the length of this restaurant sort of thing. Yeah, it's like from the dumpster the out back at the back. Yeah, in the alley. 
and and literally you you get carried through like um here's the industri- industrial kitchen here's the sink that you that you always grew up in is down the far end and then they they sort of travel through like the manager's office and a few other things until they get to the um until well they yeah get and the i like alley. the idea of of literally having to go through the dining area as part of the game they probably don't take you through there when they're taking out the garbage but that's your way back um like your quickest way back is is through the dining area through the manager's office yeah like through hallways and stuff maybe you have to do some maybe go through like the utility pipes or something at some point <clears throat> yep and so then the I'm kitchen seeing that um because you don't want your um your sister to actually be used to um to mop up spills and that sort of stuff you know, oh well maybe what it is they- is that when that damaged sponges instead of being used in the kitchen get used in the toilet <laughs> oh, no and that's what you're trying to save her from it's like she gets put in the rag she gets put um, in the rag bag of of like less useful cleaning supplies but i'm now wondering if when you get back like um it's too late she comes staggering out covered in feces n- and vomit no 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 i'm <laughs> i'm thinking that she's um some of the other personality things that she actually got was um like sort of a a maniacal sort of side of things as well and she's she's like running the um running the place you know she's sort of taken over well maybe she's um, taken she's over brainiac sort of maybe thing. she's taken over the janitorial side of things so you get back and like she is is lording it over all the mops and the toilet duck and <laughs> I, I, ju- I just the want there to be a real napkins. reason for you to to try and beat this beat this like um, sponge and and basically put put the pieces back together. Beat the sponge like you have to fight your sister. As, as in, yeah, I'm thinking that she she turns maniacal and and oh, so she actually becomes she, evil. All right. Yes. Well, that could work. Maybe she uses the janitorial stuff to like storm the kitchen and take over there. And so there's just dirty mops again and, like, cleaning cloths and things. And everyone in the kitchen is freaking out because um, they're all hoity-toity and clean all the time because they they get used to cook. So I, I think... We get used for I the stuff that goes in the top, one of the, not the... One of the things you can do at the start... Um, you've played, like, the Far Cry games, haven't you? Like, three, four, and five? Uh, not five. Not five, but you play three and four? Yes. So, there's a secret ending to um, three, four, and five, in which if you don't do, or if you do do something at the start, then you basically get an ending. So, the idea being that if you um, if you actually uh, do something to make sure that you don't get cut in half, okay, then that's the end of the... You know, it shows an ending. You get an, an an early so ending, yeah, yeah. So it's a secret ending, right? I, I quite like that in the fact that you know you didn't get cut in half, so therefore you you just live in harmony forever. <laughs> in or or you still get thrown out. <laughs> maybe maybe that's the um. But so, well, maybe the it's that like because you didn't get cut in half, like you didn't have the strength of character. From these this personality split, which like in, even though it split your personality, each one was then strong in its own way. 
to survive, mm-hmm. and you were just you just lived a boring life, and then got thrown out after a particularly like after after the chef burnt the soup and had to use you to <laughs> to clean the pots. Bin. Yeah, <laughs> I I just I kind of like the potential of creating that world as well. Yes. Surrounding this kitchen, but like this is the only world they know. So there's a whole structure. There's a hierarchy of who is respected and who's not, and and the, and you discover different aspects of that as you then get you know uh, uh, traveling from the dumpster where there's their own hierarchy of the you know the dumpster lords it over the smaller bins and <laughs> and they and they <laughs> consider the garbage like the garbage truck to be some demon that comes and and empties their innards every day or something like I don't know. <laughs> Oh God! You you could actually have, you know, one of them like full on, uh, depressed and and sort of, you know, not wanting to go on because <laughs> the demon's coming to get It's him like again. like what's the point? I'm filled up every day and then I just emptied again. I feel so empty. Yeah. Um, <laughs> God. Maybe maybe it's the garbage bin that's depressed because like everyone's going to recycling. <laughs> And so it just never gets filled up all the way anymore. It's just, it's just, I always feel like there's a piece of me missing. <laughs> and then, yeah, like in the in the serving area, you've got kind of napkin, like cloth napkins who are all snooty and the different cutlery that they all know their place. I'm on the, you know, yeah. I'm on the outer, outer left or whatever because I'm a dessert fork. I don't know. It's probably not even right. <laughs> Salad fork and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's click again. Let's do it. Blamer. Piano. Blamer? You are getting strange words this week. Yeah. It is very strange. Piano blamer. I'm trying to think, like, just what would you blame someone about around a piano? Kablamo. Kabla- I'd kablame you for not tuning this piano. Hmm. hmm. <laughs> I, I keep on I keep on wanting to, to go sort of horror with it. Mm. Like mm. there's there's like um something weird happening. Um that has to do with the with, with the piano. Like the the room with the piano. And like I'm thinking maybe you play you play a little kid and you keep on getting blamed for for like messes and that sort of stuff that have been happening around the okay, house. Okay, that's a good jumping off point. That's a good jumping off point. Yeah. Do you play you play as the kid? Yes. Okay. So you keep getting unfairly blamed for things. But then maybe like whenever you wake up in the middle of the night you hear the piano downstairs or something. Um Yeah. So there's sort of like, oh, what was that game? Um, there was a game where you played like a toddler and and you um, oh. had a nightmare every night. I don't think I ever played it. It was on my wish list for a long time, like uh, Until It Sleeps or something. Yes. So I, I kind of like that that sort of, like the scale in that game. Yeah, yeah the, scale is, the, the scale does make that interesting. Um, um, which is why I kind of like this as a VR game. Mm-hmm. Just be- being a a toddler at that sort of, you know, that sort of height of massive things above you and all that sort of there stuff. There is something being able to yeah, there, there is something incredibly intimidating about 
being a, like a child in VR. Um, there's that part at the beginning of the Batman VR um, yep. where you're in the alley and like, it, it, probably because that was one of the earlier things I did on my Rift, but just the the scale of that and the 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 guy putting his like leaning down and shoving his face in your face was just yep. was really intimidating. Um, so yeah, but I think I think that bodes well for a horror game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I love playing with scale. Like I remember one of the earlier games that we sort of came up with in our in our list was the one with the um with the gnomes going through the going through the um the school picking up stealing all the uh <laughs> the supplies like, and things. stationery yeah stuff. yeah um but the scale of that game you know yeah, well, this it, will be a bit more subtle because i'm picturing you playing like a four yeah. or five year old or something uh yeah so a, a late age toddler you know yes. so not quite not quite a child as such but you know yeah look it's still, still, that, still um, at that age where they're going to be confused by being blamed by stuff all the time, right? They don't sort of still not don't quite have a grasp on social dynamics and their place in the world, but they're old enough to you know to talk and to communicate re- relatively yep. well. Uh, so I think what you can actually have is like some very simple um, starting off points of your goal for this for this day is to a get a cookie and b play the piano. Yeah, and, and so you make your way to the kitchen. Your mum's there, so you got to you got to try and work out how to, you know, get your mum out of out of the room so you can, or even just through a conversation um, tree, move like the chair across. And- maybe your maybe your mum says she'll give you a cookie if you do something, and you could even have some choices. Like you can either try to steal the yep. cookie, or you can go, you know, pick up all your toys, uh, and she'll give you a cookie. Uh, yep. And that could that could even come back later. Like you can kind of make these choices between. Between being a, a stubborn, like naughty child, I guess, um, yep. or, or or a good child. So I think it's um, maybe kind of cool if you and your parents have just come to this place and you're sort of house sitting. So okay, old sort of old sort of um, maybe it's like your grandparents' place. But they've they've gone away, so mm. you're just there looking after. I like um, the idea of the opening scene being you in the back seat of the car as you're like arriving, and so yeah, if, you know, in VR that just works really well. Where you'll see your parents in the front seat, and you'll get a bit of introduction about the the scene, setting the scene, and where you're going from them talking to each other. But as you look around, like you can look down and see that you're strapped into it, you know, like a kid's seat in the car and you can look out the windows and maybe roll the windows down and your parents tell you off or throw things at them. Yeah. <clears throat> they crash the car, you die, um, restart the game. <laughs> I, I, I like... <laughs> I, I do like the idea of it being sort of not quite on a cliff as such, but, but you know, that sort of, that sort of eerie sort of isolationist um okay yeah sort of thing yeah uh yeah i wonder how what's the best because i like the idea of giving it a sense of danger in that like your parents in that your parents are actually paranoid about you like leaving and and getting hurt so maybe yeah there's a there's a ravine nearby or a river or something okay i just this is actually something that um my mother-in-law grew up on a small island in the middle of um, the Murray River. Okay. 
and the house is no longer there, but we've been there one time. Um, it's just like a shell of a house sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm thinking, you know, the idea of there being river all around, and you can sort of explore a little bit of the little bit of the island. Yeah, but. Um, I think oh, what could be interesting is I think initially on those first like couple of days, if you do explore too far, your parents come and grab you. Like they are yep. watching you enough. But as you go further on, either they're getting complacent or just these creepy things are happening and, and are maybe either distracting them or for whatever reason, like you know, your parents disappear or I don't know, wherever yep. we go. So, getting beyond the boundaries of where they would usually grab you then becomes a really interesting part of the game. Um, and, 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 um, and a bit creepy that it's like, oh, shit, where are my parents? Like, they're not coming so to stop I'm, me. So, I'm liking the idea that there's actually a, a hermit that, lim- that lives on the island. Okay. So, basically, if you, if you travel down to, to, like, the furthest point away from the house, there's actually, like, a... a Sort of um, just a shack that you that you see, and there's actually there's definitely instead, been someone instead living of there. like the instead of like the standard sort of old shriveled hermit that you might think of, maybe it's like a runaway teen or something. Oh, I, I was actually thinking it's it's actually um, like it's your mum's brother who's who's been living. Oh, okay, living just on just. Down at the shack. So less so of a you random, know, less less of a random creepy hermit, and just another person, another person you- who you related to. Okay. That um, maybe your mum didn't realise that that you know her brother was actually living on the island, right? Because it's been like estranged or something okay, like that. they've been estranged, but but they like lost their house, and the only place they could come to live was oh, like mum and dad had that old shack at the back of the place. Um, no one's yeah. going to think to look for me there. And no one's going to be living in it. And of course, we say shack, but I'm I'm sort of picturing it as like a a sort of like, like a, a little bungalow, a sort, bungalow of thing. Yeah. sort of thing. <laughs> like what I used to in live fact, in. Yes, I'm picturing your bungalow, <laughs> <laughs> but further away, just with a, from the main house, yeah, and, and just just with a little kitchenette. <laughs> yeah, and a toilet, hopefully. Or does he just yes. piss off the deck like I used to? <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, I remember drinking a lot of times in that little bungalow. Oh of yours. yeah, a lot of a lot of teen teenage drinking going on there. Um, <laughs> I do happen to remember when there was a huntsman on the um on one of the poles, and and I'm pretty sure someone got a lighter and hairspray. <laughs> oh god, probably. Like they didn't set the whole place on fire. Anyway, yeah. um, I miss your parents' place. <laughs> Um, so anyway, it's it's sort of like a, a big island. I'm just trying to think of what the actual mystery is about this place, or maybe it's just that it's your mind playing tricks on you. Oh, I do a bit of a go- gone In home that- kind of style thing. Yeah, I, I think that could actually well, be particularly really quite coming it's- from the child's point of view, where you make it yep. ambiguous as to whether this is the child's imagination slash dreams, or if something yep. creepy is actually happening. Mm, that could be cool. I mean, and this is going back to my childhood. I, when I was um, young and and going to sleep each night, mm-hmm. I used to have to have like at first a night light, and then it had to get even even more so, like um, a brighter light. So we ended up turning on the um, the bathroom light for me. Yeah, because my mind would come up with these vivid like 
um, webs and that sort of stuff that would just cover my door and all this right. sort of stuff. And I just, I, I literally had, um, it was probably close to, to night terrors yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Like I'd wake up screaming <clears throat> and all this sort of stuff. Mm, and, mm. and being able to tell the difference between sleeping and, you know, the dream world and, and reality was actually, um, a bit hard when I was, uh, when I was, yeah, of younger. course, of course. Um, so, yeah, I, I like, like the I like you know, the idea of playing branching with that. into that, and um, maybe the, um, you can hear like conversations that your mum's like rung the doctor and she goes, "I don't there's so, there's something going on with with my child and all this sort of stuff," and there can be trips to like a doctor's office and right and yeah that could be you can have little things like that and yeah sort of the way that that a four or five year old might interpret. That sort of thing, when really all it is is like they're having trouble adjusting to a new place, and so they're having bad dreams, uh, basically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, from their point of view, it's kind of this really creepy thing. And so maybe, so is there is there an explanation for the piano music they hear at night? Like, is it just that your parents put put on some music um, to go to sleep to or something? And <laughs> <laughs> my mind just went to they put on some music so that they can not be heard. You know. <laughs> Having some mummy daddy time. <laughs> you start hearing weird thumps and screams in the night as well, and maybe the end of the maybe the explanation at the, like where all this gets explained at the end of the game is you like twenty years later visiting the house with your parents, and you're like, oh, mum, I remember mum and dad when I lived here. Like, I had this weird period where I'd wake up in the night and I thought I was hearing a ghost playing the piano and like screaming and banging things around. And, like, the game ends just at, with your parents giving each other a, like, knowing look. And then it's fade to black. <laughs> Out of the cover, they take this this old record player and it's, like, songs to... <laughs> songs to fuck to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Three, two, one, click. Deep. Culmination. Deep culmination. Yeah. Mm. So let's let's sort of riff on deep a little bit to sort of get a setting for it, maybe because like deep, my mind goes to something underwater, uh, like in the um, actual depths, some sort of exploration down there. Um, yep. but- my mind also goes to like um, mine. Like okay, mine. Yes. Yep. Um, it goes to. Deep in the woods, sort of thing. Okay, so that could work a few well too. Types of deep that you can go to. Not that I'm saying that the sea isn't a great way. No, to no, go. no, no. It's that's why I wanted. Did. That's why I wanted to. Because there are a few ways we can take yeah. that, and I feel like that's a good jumping-off point. Is having a setting like that. Um, uh, and look, same with deep, deep dark space. Space, um, yeah. Look, and culmination is a tough one because uh, I mean, I guess the only thing it really implies is some sort of narrative, really. Although apparently culmination is an astrological term for the reaching of the meridian by a celestial body. Uh, I don't know what the meridian is. No. But no, I like the idea of some sort of narrative set in one of those places. Um, when you said my mind jumped out the most at Deep Woods, actually, just because it, yeah, took, it took me in kind of a fairy tale direction. Um, yeah. You know, a bit of a... a um, you don't have to sell me on a dude. I'm already there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. As in with the woods, happy yeah. with the woods. Yeah, the woods. So what's happening in these woods? Do we lean on actual um, fairy tale tropes and and try to mess with them a bit, sort of a la 
Fables or like Snow White and the Huntsman kind of thing where they took those a bit more seriously? Or do we come up with new stuff? Okay. So, do we... I'm just wondering whether, you know, Hansel and Gretel will be a a good starting off point. Okay. Okay. Deep in the woods, Hansel and Gretel. Okay. Brother and sister out in the woods. What sort of perspective comes into mind for that for you? I'm kind of thinking of a almost a bit of inside where you've kind of got well no not quite inside i'm thinking more richly uh detailed than that maybe like richly detailed backgrounds with slightly more simplistic um like third person sort of uh, characters yeah mm. so i see this as like a um a single player co-op gamers if if you get my meaning that you can switch between mm-hmm. your, the two the brother and sister yep rather than the witch though what i'm sort of leaning towards is that um your parents are actually rather rather um like poor so rather than throwing you into the woods they send you to maybe the ginger um factory i'm, I'm trying to come up with some sort of no some some sort of um way to say that this orphanage is the gingerbread house, so um, okay. So ginger house or something like that. Right, right. Are we setting this? It um, could be interesting to set this in more with more modern stylings. So mm-hmm. it's still deep in the woods, and you're quite isolated. Um, yep. But it's sort of maybe like a sort of mid twentieth century sort of style. Um, okay, fairy tale sort of stuff. I don't know, like. So maybe it's um maybe it's during uh during a war and your your dad has actually gone off to um to fight in World War Two mm-hmm. and your mum has passed away. So you've ended up in this orphanage. Okay. And they just happen to be like set right in the middle of like I'm thinking, um, because Hansel and Gretel, I'm pretty sure, were German. Yeah. That it's actually based within Germany. Okay. During like World War Two or something? Yeah, during World War Two. Okay, so it's getting into some not that, nitty gritty. Not, ca- not that your characters are Nazis. Just, no, no, no. It's yeah. It's it's look. Just, I think you know, World they're, War Two. Young in- innocent kids. Yeah, I think World War Two is the backdrop. And look, we don't even necessarily have to go too much into. We don't even have to say World War Two. We can just yeah. say war that is that is come on come upon. But yeah. it's just this is my this is my yeah. Like, your sort of interpretation of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, and so what is what are these kids doing? Are they escaping from the orphanage? Do they find themselves in the woods, or is there like an evil sort of, or a, a, you know, is there sort of what? Sorry, is, you is there like an evil person who runs the orphanage? Maybe they're a Nazi, or at least impl- yeah, I'm, implied I'm that like they're a, a Nazi, like a um, Miss Hannigan sort of thing from Annie, mm-hmm. um, or a Trunchbull. Uh, yeah, yeah. So those those classic. But I'm thinking it's a guy though. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, and that maybe, maybe, um, you've been sent into the, into the forest to actually, or into the woods to, to collect some firewood or something. And along the way, you actually meet a, um, a kindly, I'm trying not to say hermit because we've just done (laughs) hermit in the previous game. Someone living in the woods. Something similar that she's living in a, um, living in a cottage in the middle of the- Right, um, right. And- Middle of the f- yeah. of the woods. Okay, and so the story sort of revolves and is almost 
the opposite oh, sort of God. thing. Oh, God. trying to get away I just, to this. Um, I just realised mm-hmm. that we're setting this in World War Two, and the fucking witch gets pushed into the oven. Uh, but... but- <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to. Sub, I'm trying to subvert the fact that. Um, well, in this case, that, yeah, but in this case, I think like the orphanage think, person the is witch, the, is sort of the witch as such, and then the witch is actually nice yeah. and helps yeah. them. Um, from a gameplay perspective, uh, you said collecting firewood. I like the idea actually that they get sent out with a metal detector, and they're trying to like scavenge for metal that the orphanage then sells. Um, just because that to like just for their um, own profits. Well, I'm trying to think, are they selling it to something like Schindler's Factory? So, you know, like a munitions factory. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Yeah, look, uh, they f- there's any small amounts of, of metal that can be that can be used to, to make munitions in, in, during the war is, is obviously going to be valuable. So, but, but what that gives you is some interesting gameplay things around using that metal detector to, to search for things and, and find secrets and... And different stuff because I'm kind of picturing a bit of a platformer, right? Yeah, um, I'm kind of picturing that the, the woods are actually almost an open sort of open sort of area mm. that you can you can go through and and find like a cave system. That okay, yeah, you know, if yeah. You, if you happen to be able to um, get rid of um, get rid of the bear that lives in right, there, so maybe a bit of sort of a bit of a Metroidvania in that you unlock different areas and play your way through them. And, and and come yeah. out of that with some new skills or or tool to then sort of get yourself somewhere else and and maybe well maybe the hub is sort of is the um the cottage with the with the air quotes witch um who's yeah. helping you out yeah and so there's a lot of she's kindly and, and yeah. basically she she's the one who you really want to live with right and, and so you but you're having to escape like you know you in certain parts of the level guards from the orphanage or orderlies from the orphanage or whatever come and, and are trying yeah. to find you because you've escaped. and Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I'm thinking that's late game sort of stuff mm. that you can do the escaping thing. I think that you get sent into the, into the woods a few times to do like simple missions. Oh, I see. So initially um, you just meet her, but then you go back to the orphanage at the end of the yeah. mission. Yeah, okay. And it's not until later that you sort of plan to escape for good. Yeah, I think what can actually happen at some stage is you're travelling into, say, the bear cave and um, Hansel... Hurts his um hurts his leg mm-hmm. um during during some of it so they basically have to stay out at that night it's it's really stormy you know they happen to take take shelter in the in the cave or whatever yep. and you know from then on you sort of you're now having to deal with um like you're gonna get whipped if you go back to the orphanage because you stayed out all night right right so that's sort of the point of no return then because um. Yeah, if you go back, you're going to be punished. So you might as well sort of stay out, yeah. and then the the woman is helping you. And yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, we've got to bring breadcrumbs into it somewhere. Maybe in the cave, you, or, or maybe one of the tools that you get um, to get through us. Like before, you can go into a certain part of the woods. You have to have something you can drop behind you. Um, mm-hmm. Whether it's maybe it's fucking <laughs> maybe it's bullets. Maybe you steal some. <laughs> Some of the the bullet ca- the bullet casings something metal, so you got to use the um the me- uh, so yeah, the, the metal detector yeah. comes back into it. You find like spent bullet casings or something, and you have to leave them to leave um leave them behind you to find your way back out. Okay, so I'm trying to think how 
what the culmination of this this story is actually. Yeah, going well, to be. presumably there's some sort of showdown against the the orphanage, the person who runs the orphanage, the orphan, the orphan Nazi. Title, title of the episode, maybe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it has to be because that's one of the most aw- awesome like portmanteaus I've ever heard. <laughs> uh, well done. So how does how does this end? Like, do we do we go the classic? Like, do we take some more of that Hansel and Gretel sort of inspiration around? Uh, they were trying to fatten you up in some way, and maybe you don't take that literally, and then you kind of get that back. Like they were the eat, like I'm the eating that of children. That maybe the fattening is like they're trying to strengthen you to actually become part of the army. Mm, okay, like, trying to turn you into soldiers. Yeah. So trying to turn you into soldiers. So it's it's you know still you're you're you don't believe in this whole war thing, and you. You know they're pacifist sort of yeah. sort of people, but um, some of the training regime regime and all that sort of stuff that you get put through. Yeah, um, and so I guess where does the ironic twist come in? Like in the original story, the witch was killed in her own oven that she was going to put them in. Like how how can we bring that in? Um, That's actually tough. Uh, you f- so the ironic twist is I think. Um, Turns out his his father was Jewish. Well, <laughs> no, no, oh, God, um, you. I think you actually end up saving the um the orphanage person rather than killing. Okay, like they they get in like in the middle of this big battle or whatever that you, that you're having, they end up like getting into like major trouble, and you end up you know, right getting the, getting the option to to save them. Yeah, yeah, and um. You know, the true ending is actually you end up saving this person and they they realise that, you know, this whole thing is just fruitless. You know, there's no there's no point fighting these kids, just let them go mm-hmm. and and say that they disappeared. Yeah, I think that's I think that's it. I don't think you want to go too much further than that because we certainly don't want to particularly humanize the Nazi. Um oh, fuck But that. yeah, I think it's just alright, fine. I will stop chasing you. <laughs> go live your life kind of thing, and that's that's the success, that's the win. Yeah, yeah, I, I do like that a lot. And yeah, obviously, so throughout we can have some interesting gameplay around the two different characters. Uh, what sort of, do, do they have different tools? Is it that Hansel can like leave leave trails behind him and that helps in some way? Maybe other, maybe he can have other things follow those trails in certain puzzles. Mm-hmm. Um, um, what can Gretel do? I, maybe she's good at climbing. I like the idea of... of- like Gretel being really good at like sort of cartography sort of stuff, so she she can, um, you know, track uh, track animals on maps and and also map out the area. Okay. So when you have access to her, you have real great maps. She's um she's actually really quite good at at doing maybe the tracking of the of the crumbs and that sort of stuff. Whereas Hansel's really good at at leaving the trail. Yeah. I'm trying to think what else he could be. What else he could be good at? Maybe he's sort of like your brawn, and she's the brains. Yeah, yeah, perhaps. I think maybe maybe she's a bit more athletic, like climbing and stuff. And yep. he is, yeah, he's a bit stronger. He can push things, pull things, ca- carry so you end up things. Having to use both to sort of, yeah, um, of course. Maybe maybe there's like traps and stuff that you can set for animals and mm, mm. 
I don't know, maybe there's like hunting mini games and that sort of stuff. Well, or just even part of the puzzles could be around around having to 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 track animals and hunt them or something. I do like your idea of the Metroidvania because you can go really, really quite. Yeah, look, far it, in, it's given in me the- aspects of the cave that Ron Gilbert did. Uh, oh yeah. It's given me I really aspects of what was that other? There was another Metroidvania 3D side scroller on the Xbox 360. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. I think it started with an S, but um, that was a, like a modern one. But just it's given me it's mm-hmm. given me um, aspects of that, and also very much aspects of inside, mostly in the tone, I think. Uh, but and yep. sort of the. the maybe some of the graphical style. Again, I think a bit more detailed because you really want those woods to have to have a bit more detail and green greenery and and, and you colour. want them to have a life so that mm. they look innocent and and quite beautiful in the day where you've yeah. got the, the light streaming through the god rays and all that sort of stuff. But then at night they just have like this well and this real particularly chilling yeah. almost, almost you know that the trees almost get Get like anthropomorphic sort of faces and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, definitely. Well, it and is- particularly, I think the harsh shadows when you're being chased, like the torches um, through the trees, shining lights uh, as you're being chased mm-hmm. by the, the orphanage uh, people. Uh, and yeah, the sort of the moonlight, the, the desaturation of everything makes it a lot creepier at night for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's uh, really cool. I, I kind of like the idea of being able to, to you know, as you as you stumbling through the forest and making your way down different paths and that sort of stuff, you come across some of the other um, fairy tale sort of. Yeah, things. we could sort throw like some Easter across, eggs in there for sure. Come across a house that has you know sort of a, a father, a mother, and a and a baby, and it's just you know sort of like it's the Goldilocks. Sort oh, of okay. House, except they're just people, right? Not bears. They're just particularly hairy <laughs> people. Um, maybe it's a maybe it's a gay couple. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, and then like you come across a woman who lives in a shoe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I do like the idea you, of throwing you, you other come- other um yeah. fairy tales in there for sure. Uh, just yeah. even little little Easter eggs, you know, a a, a, a bucket at the bottom of a hill with a well at the top, or <laughs> and two skeletons. <laughs> <laughs> One with a broken crown, <laughs> like literally, it's in, in, it's his you know, skull the is busted yeah, open. Yeah, you have to do a forensic analysis. <laughs> Jesus, it's like the Batman Arkham games. It's like the- they go into like into into like you know investigation mode. It's like hmm. <laughs> it's like puts the overlay over the top, zooms in on the head. Shows a replay with like one of those close up slow motion things of of fucking Jack breaking his skull on a rock at the bottom of the hill. You literally see like that that Mortal Kombat sort of when when people broke their bones. Oh yeah, or like sniper or like sniper elite or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We'll do a similar one for fucking Humpty Dumpty. All right, I like that. Let's do one more, I think. And, yeah, uh, one more. Three, draw, one, click. Morning. Overhang. Overhang. Some, I'm not sure why that immediately gave me, it just reminded me of Firewatch for some reason. Like, there's something about okay. being out in the in a desert. Not the Firewatch was in a desert. It was a forest. But And sort of the morning coming in. Like, I like the idea of the, that the morning is dangerous. 
you're in a desert, so the sun is ominous, right? Like, and so you've, yep. you've, it's sort of a bit of a, a survival thing, maybe. Um, okay. Actually, that could be interesting. I don't think anyone's done a real survival thing where the sun itself is sort of like that you, you literally have to avoid the sun and stay in the shadow and stuff. Yeah, like you've found it, you've found okay. an overhang that is in shadow like a, a, a lot more than other places around in this desert. So it's a bit, it's, it's mm-hmm. relatively safe. Um, but you do have to take into account the times of the day where the sun does intercede um, and make sure that, yeah, you're not going to dehydrate it and that sort of thing. Yeah, okay. Take it further. So I like that this is in an alien world where sort of like, um, you know, on uh, on the moon, how if you're on the sunny side, it is so fucking hot that it's just insane. Yeah. Like you literally, you you'll get burnt up. Which is why, you know, they, they sort of parked on, on the darker side of the moon. Um, but, so I'm liking the idea that obviously the, the moon is sort of like tightly locked the, yep. to the, um, to earth. So the same side is always facing. Yep. So that's not going to work. But this, this, um, this, uh, planet that they happen to be on or, you know, forest moon of Endor or whatever, you have to, you know, take, um, take cover at night. Then having to, to like scavenge for like food and, and work out, which foods are actually poisonous and which, um, you know, what you can use for water on this planet. And, yeah. And do I, you need to, like, craft a filter? I do you like the idea of an exploratory survival game like that? I mean, I've also been playing a little bit of Subnautica lately, so I've got that a little bit in my yeah, head. Yeah, for sure, but, but that's the a- idea of that being... Mm. On land instead of um instead of well, and I quite like this idea of it being the daytime that is most dangerous. So you actually have to scavenge at night, but then that obviously brings challenges around light. Um, and eventually, as you sort of as you sort of discover things and figure out the landscape, you can build things that let you go out in the sun and sort of counteract the heat and or radiation or whatever it is that's actually damaging about the sun. Yeah, I like that it's it's like a it's a different spectrum of UV. Well, you know, or it could even um, be something sort of it's it could even further further away from from UV, you know. It could even be that it's not directly the sun itself, but that like during the day the temperature rises enough that all the spores in the in like the rock this particular type of rock come floating out and it's just their sort of breeding cycle, but they're like extremely poisonous if you breed them in. Like they just- To humans. To, to humans, to yeah. The, like there's certain- natural. Yeah, exactly. Like the ecosystem around is, is they're part of that ecosystem. But to you, if you go outside and breathe in too many of these spores, um, then you're just going to die. So yeah, it, it's actually not necessarily around the sun. It's just around the daytime that there are certain factors- um, and so you you have to build breathing apparatus, but you can only go out at night to find things. So you have to make sure you you know your, your torch is is powered up enough and that sort of thing. Oh, I'm just now picturing that um, your shuttle that that has sort of come down. You've you've got like a, a couple of tins that you that you find there um, that can be you know tins of baked beans or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you've got limited number of rations that you've got there. Um, the cool thing about it is like. I remember seeing this in, in like an adventure game sort of recently that um, you actually had a tin can and then you used a, le- a leather belt around that and you put some charcoal actually in in the in the tin mm. um, and then that that actually would be your um your breathing apparatus as such as it's right. very crude but okay it's, um, filters it yeah filters out the air yeah yep. yeah so that sort of thing so for I sure. Like- 
Um, I like the idea that you know it's you're finding things that are that are literally around around your camp. You've got everything there, but you've just sort of got to trial and error to find out. Well, and I think you do have to go out scavenging for certain raw materials at night. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, and again, like, well, food's only going to last. you Well, so food long, as well, you know, and then you have to figure some out some sort of weapons. You have to figure sort of out what um, you can eat. Uh, and you know, maybe you've got testing kits of some kind, but. You've only got a limited number of those, and it's going to be hard to build new ones for a while. So often, you maybe just have to try something, and if it makes you sick, you just kind of knocked out for a day or two, or just like less effective for a day or two. But you've saved you've saved yep. that testing kit, and now you know about that particular type of food or something. Yeah, mm, I like that's it. cool. I like it a lot, and so much better than where I was where I was thinking <laughs> <laughs> with overhang. Where were you going? Yeah. Um, for some reason, I just went to the movie The Good Son. I don't know whether you've seen that. Yes, because the, there's the bit where she has to choose which yeah. boy <laughs> so to drop. I literally went there. <laughs> so it's a game, it's a VR game where you've got a, a son <laughs> being held from each hand and they're both pleading with you and you have to determine which one is evil. Yeah, you got to choose whether, whether to save the meth-addicted um, Macaulay Culkin or the absolutely awesome Elijah Wood. <laughs> right. It's not much of a choice. <laughs> but uh, for some reason, why I read Overhang, and then I can't even what your what your word was now. Uh, it was morning. Morning. I, I just remember it being like early in the morning. Yes. For, yes. For, um, I think it was like do- like sort of dawn scene. sort of thing. Um, yeah, yeah, well, but back to the actual good game. Uh, <laughs> was there anything else? Like, do we bring any sort of story into it? Like, does this person, does the main character discover anything about this world, or do they manage? Like, is it is what's the goal? I guess is it getting off this planet? Um, I think it's yes, it's getting off the planet. But the only way that you can sort of do it is by setting off a distress signal and lasting out as as long as you sort of can. Once once you um have sent off the distress mm. signal, um. It may take, you know, X number of days for for the for the ship to actually find you. Yeah, and so they once you've actually sent off that that distress signal. Um, the, yeah, they'll come pick you up after a certain amount of time, but you have to survive yeah, for that long. And it's like you know two months or something. But I'm thinking that there's actually you know only a certain amount of um, battery power that you've got. There's only a certain um, window of time in which they're going to be in the region that they can actually. Um, Pick up the signal, yeah. Pick up that signal. Wait, so you're saying there's like moment, like um, points of no return that you literally can't. Yeah, basically, but we don't tell them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd be Um, worried about not being able to. I think maybe it would be more like there are certain windows of being able to communicate with them because they're like orbiting the planet or something. And so if you miss it, it's not that you're completely done for, but it means you you literally have to survive for another month or something before they come back around. And mm-hmm. so it just adds to the challenge then. Um, and so, yeah, it just means you really need to have a good infrastructure set up for getting more food and getting more power and getting more water and, and surviving and not yep. dying. And you've just got defenses set up and, yeah. And being able to travel down into into the mine and find the um, special electricity rocks that, you know. Yeah. The rocks. That yeah, the electricity rocks. Generate electricity. <laughs> Um, I like I was just thinking though one thing that these survival games tend not to do is have any other characters in your camp 
in your sort of your little survival area, maybe you can. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know if you meet intelligence cre- intelligent creatures or if you end up like training animals or like semi intelligent creatures. But I like the idea of being able to semi automate aspects of your kind of camp by befriending other creatures who then do certain things for you, like go out and collect food or power the batteries for you know. I kind of like the idea that at the very start you get to choose your companion mm, okay but so this companion yep your companion that you choose is a la wilson from castaway so it's just like <laughs> it's, an, it's a volleyball it's an inanimate object or, yeah it's an inanimate <laughs> object um but but you get to you get to choose what you brought down with you so you can call um maybe you can bring down um barney the boomerang right yeah, and and depending on and which way, know, so, depending on which way you've put them up, they're either happy or they're sad. Yeah, um, I I just like the idea of of bringing that that whole. I do like that, um, particularly in the beginning, before you maybe befriend these creatures. Although when you said that, I actually really liked the idea of at the beginning you having an actual human companion who helps you for a while and then gets killed, sort yep. of as as a bit of to to lessen that learning curve a little bit. And and to have a reason for you to to know certain things or to have certain skills or like they have okay. more skills and than you but but then they die and so then you're left on your own and you have to learn some of those yourself. But but their favourite thing happens to be an inanimate object that they brought right, down with and them. which it's you like, like rename object. you call you start calling them whatever the name of that <laughs> companion was yeah. after they're dead. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean. I haven't seen Castaway for a while, but I just remember how sad I was. Oh yeah, spoilers when Wilson disappeared. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty heartbreaking. Yeah. Heart wrenching. Forget forget Helen Hunt. Wilson's the real, oh, the real friend. <laughs> yeah, I I, I like that I mean, idea. Look, I <laughs> I mean that's it, pretty harsh, but still, like he comes back and it's like he he almost doesn't want to be there anymore <laughs> because like everyone's moved on without him. Um, yeah. sucks. Poor, poor Tom Hanks. We love you, Tom Hanks. He's pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, I, I, I look. I actually get bored of survival games relatively quickly, but I love the idea of them. So, <laughs> so the idea of, of mixing it up, <laughs> the idea of mixing it up a bit, uh, is really interests me. So that's yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah. Particularly if yeah, maybe you have like a randomly generated kind of uh, area, um, but you know, the, obviously there's there's always an overhang. <laughs> Mm-hmm. There's always an overhang. Cool. Well, I think maybe we'll finish it up there. Yeah. Thank you for. Um, my my mind actually went to um, cliffhanger at the end. <laughs> oh yeah, you can have a cliffhanger a moment when you finally get up to the top of the overhang. Maybe that's how you be a part- partner oh, dies. That's, ha- that's how you lose your partner. Yeah. There's a cliffhanger moment, <laughs> and so like they literally fall back back it's down. It's a quick time back event. Down that into- you're always going to fail. Yeah. They actually fall back down into your camp. Like, cause you, the, the, the start of it is exploring the area and you try to get to the, he's trying to get to the high point, right? To make, to make contact. And then there's, yeah, an, an yeah. unskippable scene, quick time event that you can't win. And they fall down and like crush your tent. <laughs> and, and getting further and further and further along the quick time event. I'm thinking like, remember those, um, remember those old, um, test your might things from, um, from Mortal Kombat? Oh yeah. To, like, Hammer the button. Try and, and 
hammer the button and get it, get all that. Basically, you're you're trying to do that, but you're holding on as literally long as you can. The, the fingertips, the less last, that you're yeah. doing, the more it's just sort of slipping down, yeah. slipping down, slipping yeah. down. So nothing you can do like is going to save it. It's just taking longer and longer and yeah. longer, and it just gives you more time to look into their eyes. Yeah, definitely. And I think it definitely before it starts has the Mortal Kombat guy saying, test your might, and, like, test putting the words up there in blood. <laughs> <laughs> but but what happens before it is, like, you're both standing there with, like, diamond, and you're trying to punch into the diamond. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. That's how he fell. He was just punch into it. All right. Okay, that, on that, that, that brought in something On that cool part, part of the ending note, <laughs> um, thank you for joining us this week on Bitstorm. Uh, if you want to find us on the internet, we are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as BitstormCast. We have a Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash Bitstorm. Uh, we have a YouTube page too. You probably have to search for Bitstorm and we're like fifth down the page or something, but we've been putting a few things up there. Uh, we may eventually, if I can ever upload it, get a spy party uh, stream up, which we're now late for since it's already gone up on Steam. But anyway, that was a bit of fun. Yeah. And you, you'll find out who out of Ben or myself won. Yeah. Who could it be? Watch to find out. Uh, we're also on Podchaser, yes. podchaser.com slash Bitstorm. We're also on iTunes. Rate, review, and subscribe there. We've got a website, bitstormcast.com. I'd like to thank our friends at the AGPN the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. Just search for hashtag AGPN on Twitter or the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network on Facebook. Finally, we'd like to thank Crudust for the song Mount Defiance off of the album Containment Failure. Yes. That's nine years ago, isn't it? Uh, eight. Eight. It was 2010. Eight. It was 2010. Mm. 2010. Which means that it's... Eight years ago since you left us. I left you. I came back. It's all good. Yes. So. Yes. It, you did come back. Thank you for joining us on BitStorm again this week. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Travis Scott. Wait, what's what's that sound? Do you hear piano music? What's going on? Am I dreaming? Bling. The raptor comes jumping through the window. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit <laughs> <laughs>